0: Welcome to Spare Prats, episode 6. I should just say that Chris isn't with us again this week, but he insists he will definitely be back for the next one. Honestly, he will actually listen to the thing in time this time. And today we are talking about
1: time works. You want to know about the Clockwork Men? You will know about them soon enough. We work in their shadow, every tick and tock of our lives. We hear them in the workings of the Great
2: Clock. Tick, tock, tick.
1: We work hard, turn our hands, but in time we all wind down. It's when they come for
2: us. It would be extremely unwise of you to attempt to run. Do you think so? I think that rather depends on the alternative. The alternative is that you will be taken to the castle and questioned to ascertain if the allegations laid against you are true
0: Hello, you said the Doctor went back in time Now, if we could find out how we could do the same, we
2: could warn him No, it doesn't work like that The Doctor's always saying so, we can't change the past But that doesn't make sense There has to be a way
3: to make... There
1: isn't! It's happened, Keris, and we have to accept that fact but there must be something we can do in the present. Some way to make a difference.
2: Then well, I fear, Zanith, that our work has been nothing. We will suffer the fate of the old world. Our time will be over. Charlie, we are building a world for our children. I will not have children. The clockwork men have seen to that. Is this about the phone call? What makes you say that? I know you, vanished. I know when you're hiding something. It was the clock stopper, wasn't it? This doctor. You have been wasting your time with him. My name is Collis. My function is senior administration coordinator, stroke trend analyst, statistical processing division. The clockwork men have brought you here because your function is unknown. According to procedure, your cases will be referred to the figurehead. However, I should warn you that, at present, we have no posts to fill. How did you escape my dungeon? It's a habit of mine, I'm afraid. And now you are trespassing in my throne room. It is not easy to impose efficiency upon beings who are, by their nature, weak and inefficient. As they improve their quality of life, so too do they grow more tempted to enjoy that life at the expense of further progress.
4: I've seen your future, Zaneth, whether you believe me or not. What an
2: interesting coincidence, Doctor, because I can see your future too. Let me tell you about
1: it. The Clockwork Men come for us when we can no longer keep time, when our time is up.
0: With our very special guest, Paul Beardsley, who you might know better as Paul Saint, who wrote... Well, I'll let Paul explain a bit about his past history.
4: Hello, Stuart. Yes, I'm Paul Beardsley, but I wrote under the name Paul Saint for the North, The Sons of Karesh, which was a doctor and Joe. I also did a couple of short stories, but they were under my real name. A long, complicated story behind that. So I did one, it was a brief encounter in Doctor Who magazine, and it featured Ace and the girl from Remembrance of the Daleks. And I actually gave her a name, gave her the name Judith Winters, which appears to have become canonical somehow. And I also wrote for a Paul Cornell anthology, A Christmas Treasury, and that introduced the TARDIS shell room.
0: So you chose TimeWorks. Uh, Do you want to explain why you chose, you went with TimeWorks?
4: Sure. Yes. So there were a few things appealed to me about it. So I've got a few likes. So... I'd originally listened to it as part of the long run, and that included the Divergent Universe art. So TimeWorks was a bit shortly after they'd left the Divergent Universe. I'd understand that it was actually going to be set in the Divergent Universe, but wasn't in the end. What struck me about it was how little you really needed to know, to know who was who in it. Because it's years since I last listened to it, and then I listened to it again this month. So. You've got companion Cariz, and, you know, he looks different to humans, as seen from the front anyway. That's a plot point, because he has to hide by being seen from the back. He's less travelled than Charlie, but, you know, you kind of pick up all that detail in the story itself. There's also the business of him coming from a universe without time. But to be honest, that doesn't really make that much more sense, even if you have listened to the Divergent Universe adventures. Kind of a nice idea, but I come from a world without time, but they still talk about minutes and seconds and things. I can't remember if we're reminded that Charlie is from the 1930s, but the main thing is that she's young and enthusiastic, and, you know, she's really keen to show off to Cariz. She's a bit jolly hockey sticks, but I think that's intentional. So I like the opening of the story. You've got Vanette's monologue, which tells us a fair bit about this fairly intriguing world. But what I really liked was when the TARDIS landed and it was straight after they opened the doors and they've got an unknown planet and they like immediately stumble across a mystery. And the Doctor just is too curious to let it go. And that to my, to my mind is the winning formula in Doctor Who. I'm also a bit of a sucker for stories that play with the concept of time. And we get this from the moment they've stepped out of the TARDIS. Time has apparently stopped and everybody in the marketplace is frozen mid-moment. So I think I first encountered that sort of thing. It was either in the UFO episode, uh, Time Lash, the title, Time Lash, or it was the classic Star Trek episode, Wink of an Eye. And uh, you know, I later on discovered that Arthur C. Clarke and H.G. Wells got onto that idea long before either of them. But still a charming idea. And the other thing I liked about it, it had, you know, kind of fairy tale feel about it. You know, you've got a castle, you've got a mysterious clock tower, a marketplace, and also dustbins. In fact, I don't know if you know the Zelda games like Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time, but it was a similar sort of vibe to that. And I'm quite a huge fan of the games, hence I could really imagine Link being in this world. And uh, also, like, there was an Orwellian atmosphere about it. I think it was the first film version, or at least the first still existing one, where its big brother is saying, Winston Smith, you've been looking out of that window for 30 seconds. We have a similar thing here with, it's not my break until 22 seconds time. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Harlan Ellison, but he wrote a story with an amazing title, Repent Harlequin Said the TikTok Man. And it had very similar ideas. So that's my likes. And so I'll maybe talk about my dislikes later and see what other people think.
0: I came to this having not listened to this era since probably this era came out. So I've listened to bits and pieces, whereas I went back and listened to a lot of the early Charlie and Eight. I I hadn't listened to much with, with Karras. I remember him being quite kind of a divisive character a lot of people didn't like a lot of people didn't like the divergent universe i guess and i think that sort of put people off a bit i found on this one i i quite enjoyed keris i didn't think he was particularly as annoying as he had been in in certain other ones i've seen it's very difficult because when you've got someone who is playing a, a character who effectively looks like a massive termite and with you know Red skin, I think, also, there's visible differences with them that they never seems to get commented on when they land in certain places. It was always a strange one. Having a non-human companion, I thought, was something that maybe didn't work quite as well. But I enjoyed him in this one. I thought Keris was, was quite good. I always enjoyed Charlie. I could listen to multiple stories with Charlie and the Eighth Doctor. So it didn't grab me as much as some of the early ones did, but I did enjoy it and I thought, it was an interesting play on time on on the use of time, which can work better sometimes than others. And I thought it w- it wasn't certainly wasn't one of the worst ones I've ever heard. Big finish, do when it comes to weird time stories. I hate Zagreus, for example, which some people really like. So no, it was interesting to go back to it. Uh, but I know that the others had a bit more difficulty with it.
1: I didn't mind it. I think there was just a lot of a lot of different concepts kind of being thrown in, and I think for me a, a new character. As well, on top of that, maybe just threw me slightly. There wasn't anything actually wrong with it. I just struggled with all the the new things, like between the tick and the talk, and the, who were the clockwork men, and were the clockwork men related to the king? that's bit still I haven't figured out. I was going to go for another listen, but I ran out of time. I had no idea that Chris had had any sort of weird features because I'd not encountered him before.
0: He he was apparently he's a Utherman and. They were the slave force of another race who were termite-like, which is maybe where I've got confused. He is, in fact, reptilian with an exoskeleton and vestigial bone structures on the head. They had the ability to change their skin colour like chameleons. So I don't think that that came across. It kind of came across as Carers was different to the humans, but not to that kind of degree, I thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can't introduce reintroduce everyone every time there's a story, so no. I, I guess you... We have to do our own homework, so that that's on me, I think. But I I listened up until the point that the Eighth Doctor and Charlie had decided to go into the Divergent Universe, and then I didn't not through any reason, just time didn't listen to any of the Divergent Universe. So I wasn't sure whether we were in the Divergent Universe or we're now not in the Divergent Universe. I I didn't know that.
0: That was possibly my fault as well because when I sent around my list of things that I had thought about it, I mentioned them being in a Divergent universe, and it was actually Paul who said to me, "They've left the Divergent universe by this point," and I was like, "Oh, bugger."
1: I always love Charlie. She is a bit jolly hockey stick, and I think there was a couple of references to where she's from, or I made them up, which is quite possible because <laughs> I listen to a few now. And, and she's obviously been with the Doctor for a wee while at this point, so it was quite good to have her with Chris. And sort of introducing some of potentially some of the of the concepts or the the things that will happen when you're with the doctor. I quite liked the, did like the fact that the eighth doctor wasn't quite so monologue all the way through this because a few of the earlier pod, the earlier dramas he would do quite a lot of exposition because he's talking to himself and I found that quite irritating after a while. So it was quite nice to have him not doing that quite like that. And of course. For everyone's knowledge, there was there is a horn blower in this. So
0: I was waiting. I was waiting for the horn
1: blower. It gets a ten out of ten, regardless of how good or bad it is, because there's a horn blower there and a good one. So a proper horn blower. So I think all in all, generally, I did kind of struggle with it. It's not terrible. Yes, I would listen to it again, and I probably would need to to make sure I would stop missing things. But the fact that I kept missing things. I think kind of tells me something that maybe wasn't quite as well delivered as I as the other ones that I've heard. Is that fair?
4: I think that's pretty fair. And uh, I mean, there's, there's one thing I think just wasn't properly addressed. So I've got to get this line out. There's Prince Zanith, and um, he appears to be vaguely based on the King formerly known as Prince Charles. I just didn't know what is his motivation supposed to be. Quite early on, he's saying to the doctor we need to work together, we've got the same goals in mind. And then without any kind of explanation, he's suddenly wanting the doctor beheaded. And you're thinking, well, what changed?
1: Yes, that did confuse me also.
4: Yeah. And I know the Clockwork Men can change your thoughts on things, but there was no suggestion that that was what was going on. So, yeah, that that was a bit odd. And I must admit, some of Parts three and four, I think. It was occasionally unclear what was going on, but it was the other stuff I liked, made, made up for it sort of thing.
1: What about you, Doug? How are you doing? What did you think?
4: Well, you've covered a lot of things
3: I thought. I I really struggled to get into it. I listened to it unusually in the car when I was driving home from work, which is an hour a bit commute. And like you, I thought, am I listening to something that's not in order here? Because the first time I listened to it, I was driving and I thought, have I just zoned out because of stuff that's happening on the road or is it a bit weird? I just didn't get into it. I've listened to the first episode, I don't know, four or five times on two different or three different car journeys, on a train and then on its own. And I still just didn't get dragged into the story in the first two episodes. Last night I sat down and listened to the last two because I'd only got, I think, part way all the way through the third one on one of the journeys. And I got to the end of it and I thought, I have no idea what's just happened in the last hour of my life. Listen to this. I, I have no idea what's happened in the second half of the story. I've got a reasonable idea in the first what went through, what, what happened. So I, I don't know if I just zoned out. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff on at work at the moment, so maybe you'll be distracted by that. But there, there was nothing that grabbed me or took my attention. I think all the stories we've had so far, there's been something like the Masters. That, that was a confusing one because there were so many similar sounding people. But I knew who the Master was. and It was a character that, you know, the how many years it's 1971, 50 years or whatever it is, I've known. So you, you knew the character traits and whatever. The one last episode, uh, the John Perry one, I was an absolute cracker. That's the favourite of the lot. But you know, I guess Masterful was the one that was the up to now, the one I've enjoyed least just purely because of the, the confusion with the, the cast. And here I was just confused, full stop, I think. There's a lot of this the ticking, the talking, the clockwork mine, and lots of clock references, and that. I think that didn't help because it was just a bit Bit too much of that, I thought. Which you know, it's their wild, and that's how they speak, and that's how they live. But I, I, it just didn't didn't pull me in, I guess. And I, I don't really know why.
1: I, I think I've got a theory on this, Doug. You had such a good time with Annihilators. Thing following Annihilators was not going to pass muster. <laughs> it have been
0: pretty much. I think that, that's certainly a bit of truth of that.
1: that could be it. And the other thing is that we're taking these episodes out of, or these these stories out of sync. Out of context, out of order, and when I'd been listening to the first fifty in a in a row, despite them being out of order, it felt like there was a growth on on the go, and it felt like these stories are being built beyond the stories that 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 they're in, if you know what I mean. So the 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 pre one to time worth will have some more of Carrez. We'll kind of know who he was, so we're not cool. just diving into this new one. So I think there's a little bit of to be fair to the writers literally you know if we just take that as a chunk just with, with no context that's maybe a little bit unfair so perhaps we i'm recommending we listen to some more Stuart. that's what we need to do But
0: well, you know i think i think there's a certain amount of truth of that i think in those early days big finish sometimes did arcs i think because i think that's where the divergent universe bit comes in it was like an arc i mean they were standalone stories but it made a lot more sense if you listened to them all sort of one after the other after the other, because you learned about the characters and there was a lot of background stuff, which I suppose is what you would do on a TV show. I think Big Finish do less of that now. The stories were a little bit more self-contained. The more modern ones, I think, are maybe a little bit more self-contained. And I think this is maybe something as well that's quite specific to the Eighth Doctor. It always felt like those arcs were very specific to to that Doctor rather than, than the others. Now, whether it was just to make it interesting for Paul McGann, who was obviously... At the time, probably the biggest name they had, or whether it was just that they wanted to take that those sets of stories in a completely different way. But I think they sort of stopped those kind of build, you know, having to know as much, they stopped that once Doctor Who came back. I have absolutely no idea when the story actually came out and whether or not it was after or before Doctor Who came back, but if it kind of has the feeling of something they might not It was just after. Yeah. So it was probably devised and recorded then before. So I think they'd be less likely to do that now. But that being said, the way they've taken the Paul McGann character is in box sets that have linked stories. So you get that with Dark Eyes, you get that with Doom Coalition, you get that with Stranded. They're all things that are designed to to do that. So maybe that's maybe that is just something they want to do with him is to have these stories a bit more interlinked.
3: Maybe, yeah, because that was the sort of era of was it Babylon five and story arts and TV series becoming more of a thing. So maybe they're just trying to... And, and he only had one story, so maybe maybe it's something they thought maybe they could try with a doctor who hadn't had a track record of you know, previous type standalone stories on the, on the TV.
0: You know, at the time, they didn't have to worry about casual fans in that way because it wasn't casual fans that were buying Big Finish. These were people who were devoted fans of Doctor Who. Why else would you be buying the tapes and the CDs of you know these past doctors unless you were you were a big fan so maybe that's something that's changed now maybe they're more into this getting the casual people in in but i think there was yeah there was stuff to enjoy in it i think uh, last time we met charlie and h it was very much the beginning of their journey and they're obviously a lot more comfortable with each other
3: now they didn't spend much time together did they the doctor got separated from them quite early and i think from what i remember of the second half of the story they stay separated for quite a lot of it didn't they because that was that That was interesting in as much as the Doctor was talking to locals, whereas Charlie and Krez were, I think, well, the bit I remember, I've heard most times, it was just them together. They weren't interacting with other people. Maybe they did further on in the story.
4: Well, there was a long period before time had started up again. But going back to the Paul McGann aspect, the way I sort of see it was he was like the first new Doctor in the middle of the wilderness years. And... So finally, they'd got somebody whose whose future was completely unknown. Every other Doctor they'd written about, you know, when he came in, his main adventures, when he left and so on. But Paul McGann was so much an open book. And Stuart said, being a big name, I think it sort of made sense to treat him as if he was the ongoing Doctor. And uh, hence, he was getting the arcs, whereas the other Doctors, it was mostly just... An adventure from their era that you just hadn't that just hadn't made it to TV kind of thing. Oh.
0: That's an interesting thought. I mean, I'm gonna to have to ask then, just jumping into you as a writer, when you were writing for the third doctor, had the eighth doctor been out by when you when you wrote yes. your book? So did you always want to write for the third doctor, or would you have quite liked to write for the, the current in inverted commas doctor?
4: Well, very, very early drafts. I had the actual eighth doctor in the Sons of Parish. I didn't really want to follow what the other book writers were doing, though. There was rather a big build-up of continuity, and I wanted to just get away from that. And so I thought, I'll pick an era I really like, because The Third Doctor was my, my was my era. I'm actually the same age as Doctor Who. We are both born in 1963. And uh, I thought, I can clear the decks with John Pertwee. If he wanted a, a tool with a funny name that did something very important, but was never seen again, he just did it. So yeah, I didn't really want to be part of the ongoing story at the time. If I'd had my time again, maybe I would have done it differently, but that's just how it was then.
0: Yeah, that's that's just interesting to get that little sort of glimpse. I mean, The Eighth Doctor, I remember coming out in, in 96. I was a student at the time, and I remember speaking to someone at the time who was a bit younger than me and chatting to them about it and them just totally being amazed at the fact that they didn't know who Doctor Who or what Doctor Who was and I, I hadn't thought they were that much younger than me that they wouldn't know Doctor Who but I guessed yeah I mean that's not impossible but it was just one of those things where I was just like what so I, I loved it when Big Finish got him back and I loved what they did with him and I loved what they have always done with him I think he's always had some of the best companions that Big Finish have have done I mean, at the moment, his current companions are well include Nicola Walker, and you don't get a better actor at the moment than Nicola Walker mm-hmm. to to be doing things. So they've they've obviously always treated they've treated that the Doctor well, I think.
3: Yeah, that's
1: true. I have liked his his companions, so the ones that I've listened to, and, and Charlie's. I, I like the fact that she has a story arc, and that the impact of Storm Storm Warning didn't just stop there, and it it did carry on and wasn't always integral to the story but it was was mentioned quite a lot of you're not really supposed to be here are you and i did enjoy that and i'm following her but then her his more recent ones and now the name has just gone out of my head he was listening to recently Stuart. do you remember
0: which which doctor
1: eighth doctor
0: eighth doctor which one late
1: late his companion, Latest companion. Latest, live, lives Sheridan Liv. Smith. Oh, Lucy, Lucy Bleeding Miller. Lucy Bleeding bleeding Miller, yes. Love, <laughs> Here we go. I love I that to make that sound like, yes, I've been watching a lot of <laughs> watching, listening to. Oh, I love Lucy. Really like her. We like her so foil, much you
0: couldn't remember her name. I've forgotten
1: her name. <laughs> but I like that, that she was such a foil for him. And it just a slightly, just took it to a different Just a different place for me. I really enjoyed those too. So, uh, yeah, I do think he's had a good, he has a good run with all his lovely companions, which is good.
0: So one thing that I noted and I was going to mention was the guy who played Carers, Conrad Westermass, was also the assistant editor in Doctor Who magazine for five issues. So there you go. (laughs) Don't know if that's why he got cast or if he got cast because of it or, you know...
1: So, so hang on a minute. Yeah, every 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 year we have the Stonehaven Fireballs. Go with me on this, and oh, if this you, is going to be good. If you if you volunteer at the Stonehaven Fireballs for more than three years in a row, you get to have a fireball and swing your fireball up and down. Is that maybe what this is? If you get to if you contribute to the magazine, suddenly you you get an in. Is that what this is?
0: Well, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. I mean, Gary Russell, who was one of the big. Big people, the early days of Big Finish is an ex-Doctor yeah. Who magazine editor as well.
1: And um, end up being doctors. I mean... Well, that's on. it. I
0: mean, Peter Capaldi, you know, I mean, it's 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 a close group. It's why we're not being invited to take part in the 60th. Clearly. Line. The Clearly. only reason I can think of... You know, Paul, I'm shocked Paul. and... I really enjoyed Tracy Child's being in it, who I loved from Coldit's audio, which I assume Joe has heard, yes. uh, as Elizabeth Klein who is a kind of recurring character in big Finish verse, who I really like. I think Klein's a great character and they've done a lot of really good stuff and interesting stuff with her. So it was interesting to note that she was in it and that Steve Lyon also had written Cold It. So I'm assuming that's maybe a favourite actress Hmm. of his that he has got back a few times. She was also in the Peter Capaldi era episode with, no, sorry, the David Tennant era episode with Peter Capaldi, the Fires of Pompeii. Oh, yeah she she played his wife who i think was called matella and the only reason i know that is from the cambridge latin book, books that i did at school so there was a link then to hornblower yes, and who Ron, was it
1: ronald, ronald pickup absolutely great actor obviously in hornblower so that works for me yes a direct hornblower it's a direct hit i get very excited when i see actors from hornblower in other things mostly i think it's because there are no more hornblowers there won't be any more or certainly not with the, the original cast is a done deal at that limited number of, of films so when I get to see them elsewhere it just sort of pleases me I don't know why it's a childish thing but I do love it
0: and royal we'll pickup for anyone who's of my generation was Aslan in the BBC adaptation of Lying the Witch in the Wardrobe and in fact the silver chair with Tom Baker one thing that was interesting, I thought, was the use of clockwork men, because that's something that New Who's used a couple of times in different ways as well. Yeah. So there's obviously something about that idea of a robot made of clockwork that still sort of intrigues and still makes for a good story. Isn't there a, a subgenre, clockwork
4: punk or clock punk?
0: I think there's definitely sort of a something out of yeah, steampunk that involves that kind of kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, I think it grew out of steampunk. Yeah, I like the fact it kind of anticipated the girl in the fireplace in that regard.
3: What's the second one that was clockwork people in? I don't remember. I remember that. Is that the, the, this one was the, the sort of mass and the curly hair and whatever, wasn't it?
4: The first Peter
0: Capaldi one. The very first Peter Capaldi one. It's clockwork men.
3: I don't know, I'm sure I must have seen that. I don't remember. They've
1: that. got bits. They're not quite clockwork, they're, they're covered in bits of people though as well aren't they because they steal one of them steals the eyes off of some guy
0: certainly yeah i think that's something they've used a few times is a, like almost a reverse cyberman isn't it it's like the clockwork people building themselves it's say the opposite of a cyberman but yeah so it's, it's obviously something that does sort of because it's quite visual i suppose that idea of that clockwork thing it feels like something the celestial toy maker might do you know it feels
4: like something that's maybe a little kind of old school as well I mean, one of the downsides I felt was that the story itself, once you'd got past the idea that you've got these clocks, it was like like a really simplistic capitalism versus Marxism. And uh, the end bit where, was it Collis who stood on the table and said, as long as I don't work, the regime's going to end or something. And actually reminded me a bit of in The Young Ones when they discovered oil in their cellar or thought they had. And once Vivian had been dispatched with the pickaxe through his head, it was Rick was all, yes, the proletariat, rise up, and there's Neil throwing bits of paper around sort of thing. It reminded me of that a wee bit. Another thing that struck me was some of the language in it worked well and some didn't. And um, There's a lot of euphemisms like downsizing, which I thought was quite amusing for being beheaded, a bit Gilbert and Sullivan-ish, I thought. There was a line about you haven't got the cogs, which I thought was that worked quite well. But there was another one: you've got some dial on you, and I thought, no, that's a bit too forced. I mean, can you imagine really saying that to somebody in real life?
1: Yeah, I have to. Yeah, the dial one I thought was a bit of a bit of a stretch, and I quite liked between the tick and the talk, but they, mm. they kind of I think it said quite a lot. So some of it was, I think, really was clever and but the I think some maybe was just over pushed slightly but then I'm I'm not a writer so I always feel a bit bad saying know oh, I didn't like this or that because I couldn't write one
4: yeah but the <laughs> without the reader what's the point of a writer mm. so if you've written the best book ever but nobody likes it then it's not the best book but it's got to yeah. be the what depends on on the
3: response do we know if the writer of this one wrote many of the other big finishes? And-
0: he did, and he wrote he wrote some very very good ones. He wrote *To Colditz*, which is a great story, and also I th- I think the first one that has David Tennant, possibly certainly one of the first ones with David Tennant in a Doctor Who, and it's just a really interesting time one where they play around a little bit with time as a concept. So yeah, no, he wrote a
4: few. He's he's had a bit of a
0: career, has
4: Steve Lyons. Did he invent the Salations I think it was. I think they were kind of a sharky species. Yes, that
0: sounds that sounds familiar. I certainly remember the the story. So he's written, he's, yeah, he's written quite a lot down the years in various things. He's written some past Doctors, he's written some Eighth Doctors, a couple of Virgin New Adventures. So he's obviously been writing for a, a fair amount of time. And in terms of big finishes, he has written Fires of Vulcan, called it. Son of the Dragon, The Architects of History, Harry Houdini's War, and Ghost Station. So kind of going right to all the way through the kind of main range history. And he's also written some Gallifrey, some Companion Chronicles, some 10th Doctor, Doctor Who magazine stuff, some 12th Doctor, Doctor Who magazine stuff. So he's, you know, he's still writing to this day, uh, Doctor Who stuff, and he has written some good stuff. It Struck me, certainly, that I didn't think Time Works was as good as Colditz, for example.
4: I must admit, it did inspire me to go out and buy the Colditz DVD set, and also the audiobook on on which the TV series was based. The TV series was amazing. Apparently, the only real criticism of it were the, the writers were too... Re- Sorry, not the writers, the actors were too well-fed to be convincing prisoners of war i'm similar to you
3: paul and i remember seeing it on its original broadcast i well i've got the the dvd box set as well but i'd seen that it came out just after they showed them on like one (laughs) channel one few satellite channels so it was good to watch them again they stood up well after i guess that's 40 odd years after they were originally broadcast
4: yeah a lot of these BBC dramas really have dated. Well, I was trying to get my wife into Secret Army, but it reminded her too much of Alo, Alo. Yeah,
3: well, Um, it was the other way around, wasn't it? Alo, Alo came afterwards and was a bit of a... Well, Alo, Alo is very much uh,
4: a parody of Secret Army. Yes, but the thing is they even had the same actors in Alo, Alo. So sometimes when you look back, you can't remember which one you're remembering. One of them didn't have many laughs, I think. From what I remember. <laughs> well, hello hello yeah. hello hello has stood up
0: remarkably well. It's actually still quite funny now. Britbox has them, all, so I have watched the occasional episode on on Britbox. But so no, I think it was it was an interesting one. It maybe wasn't quite for us. We did we did talk about doing another one, and we're gonna have Paul back if he's if he's willing to to do. I suppose a bit of a spoiler, but to do the Great Macedon and the one that goes with it which name i can't remember
4: something about lark,
0: something about yeah but we're going to do that one which we did consider doing for this one uh, but because we had just done quite a long one and we weren't going to have a huge amount of time between recordings we thought we'd go for for time works instead so we'd love to have you back at some point to to do that i'd love to come back it's, it's a great story a great macedon it's, it's it's one of those really strong stories from, from the early years. It's it's one of the ones that was never made. I think it's a lost story, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a great big finish adaptation, so we'll definitely uh, do that. But yeah, I thought it it was it was an interesting one because there was a lot to like in it, but I
4: understand why it also didn't quite land that well. There's another thing I remember actually about Time Works, that there's a scene where the Doctor kind of looks into Vanit's soul and makes a comment about how she's feeling. And I thought, I don't remember them doing that since the actual TV movie where he was doing it to sort of everybody. So can anyone remember it coming up in any of the Big Finish adventures? Been a long time since I've listened to to those early kind of eighth Doctor
0: ones. I'm just having a quick look to see whether Steve Lyons had written for any other Big Finish. And he hadn't. Any other eighth doctor for Big Finish, and he hadn't. So I wonder if he maybe just did a bit of research, watched the movie and went, Oh, that's a sort of trait of the doctor that, that I can put in that works mm-hmm. that works well.
1: I don't remember it in the ones that I've listened to, and I have listened to quite a few now. I don't remember him particularly doing that. There was one and I've obviously I forget the title because the way I am right now where the the doctor's is his his mind and and being is transferred into a computer. I don't know if you remember that one Stuart, Does that I ring mean, any bells
0: that eighth doctor losing his memory is something that happens to He's that doctor quite on a, a lot weekly yeah. basis. Okay, so it
1: could have been could been an any funny
0: story ongoing joke, I think, in the books as well, that that just um, that doctor would always just get knocked on the head and you know, lose his memory. and it kind of continued on to those early. Big finishes.
1: At. I'll Google it and see if I can find which one it was. But I, even then, I don't think he. Yeah, I don't think he actually looked into anyone, even when he got his mind back. Maybe it's just that one that he's done it, or just ones that I've not listened to, which is quite possible.
4: Yeah, I also think it's one of the very few explicit continuity references in time works. The other one, the only other one I can think of, is when he thinks wrongly that they've jumped the time track. So you know, directly referencing a space museum.
0: I'm trying to think if there was many that sort of struck me, and I don't, I don't think there was. But that's partly why I
4: liked it. I, I felt it was its own thing. It was standalone. You listen to it, you need to know very little beforehand. And also, I loved the ending. Would it be a spoiler if I mentioned it? Am I allowed to? Do no, that? no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. feel free. Yeah, but he's he saved the day, and it's right. Come on, we better hurry on to our next adventure, and. His companions are sort of like, haven't you learned anything from this? Time is to be enjoyed, not, not not to be rushed. And he agrees, and they decide to stay for at least a night.
0: Yes, I quite like that part of the ending, actually. I did. I have to admit, that was one of the things that I had down the I quite liked was that fact that, they, that Charlie just go, sort of says to him, you know, look, can't we just stay for a bit? We've been invited to stay, let's just stay for a bit. And I think he yeah. does say, okay, well, we'll stay in for a little bit and see what happens. And I always find it quite interesting when the Doctor has to stay in one place or chooses to stay in one place for any longer than he has to. But yes, it was interesting, but I I did find it quite a confusing story at points. I was trying to work out exactly who the baddie, you know, why the baddie was doing what they were doing. It felt like it didn't quite build up to that. You couldn't work out. It wasn't one of those ones where you could listen to it and as we went along, you could start to piece together how it was all going to end. Mm. Uh, which I think I probably prefer that kind of story where you can kind of, you don't necessarily see exactly what's happening in the end, but it makes more sense because you can see where it's coming from and where it might go to.
4: Yeah, Uh, but it's like they, I likened it to a kind of reverse full circle where, as you recall, it was the Starliner and it was kind of all ready to go, but they were stonating. whereas Timeworks was the opposite. They, They were trying to do things much faster than, and was practical. But it was like that surprise came out of nowhere. There's no hint that there's a reason why everybody's so conscious of saving time.
0: Yes, I think, and I think Doctor Who doesn't always work at its best when it tries to play with time, but sometimes it gets it absolutely spot on. This one didn't quite land for me, but I can kind of see what he was trying to do. That's why I wondered about the concept of it, if it was maybe something they were trying to do, something that went a bit beyond what they were capable of doing on the audio i would be interesting to kind of see where they go next. I can't remember what happens, but I know that we're not, maybe only four or five left with Keras before he goes off. I'm trying to remember. I can't even remember what happens with, with Keras. It's been so
3: long. So how, how many stories in was this set with Keras then? Just about halfway through? Because it was, you know, he'd obviously been through more than one adventure, at least from what little I picked up.
4: I think he'd had a lot of adventures, but they were all in the Divergent universe, where they didn't have the time. So, I, if I recall correctly, they were moving from zone to zone between each each play. So, in Time works, I think they well they'd they'd left the Divergent universe, and I think wasn't wasn't Terra Firma the first one outside the Divergent?
0: Would certainly make sense. There's fourteen stories that Karras is in. So it starts, yes. starts with Creed of the Chrome on and ends in absolution. And Time Works is number 11. So there was only another three after You're Time right. Works. Yeah.
1: Could we explain the Divergent universe or will everyone know? Will our listenership be aware?
4: I think it was after there was Neverland and Zagreus, which explored the consequences of um, saving the life of somebody who clearly had died mm. in history. And I mean, you you were talking about that earlier, Joe, and I was thinking, yes, it was quite nice. He has done something rather naughty and he's trying to shrug off the consequences, but then they refuse to be shrugged off. And uh, for some reason, going into the Divergent universe was the solution. Heaven knows how it was. A long time ago, I listened to it. So it's all these adventures with no time, except there was, and eventually... Doctor and Charlie escape with their new companion, careers And uh, so there's a few more stories to go.
0: This is from the TARDIS Wikia. The Divergent Universe was a pocket universe that had no concept of time. It was home to Divergence and other species. Rassilon kept it amongst other pocket universes inside his dungeon on Gallifrey. He considered it the most significant of the universes that he held. And President Romana forced the 8th Doctor to go to the Divergent Universe after he'd been possessed by Zagreus. Charlie Pollard made a leap of faith and joined him on his journey. You were spot on, um, Paul, that they they were going to do... The Divergent Universe would have gone on to a third series that would have had a scaredy cat something inside and time works Mm. in it so time works and in some ways i think time works would have worked better as a divergent universe story than it maybe does it does it does feel a little bit out of place Uh, whereas i think in that kind of divergent universe where time works in a different way you might it might have felt like it was a, a better fit
4: or even they could have thought they were out of the divergent universe and there was a side effect of it. Yes, I'm just, just random ideas <laughs> <Yeah>. there.
0: <laughs> I think it's safe to say this was a more challenging one, but I think our lack of knowledge, or in my case, lack of memory of that time period and listening to those ones didn't help, I think, maybe coming into it. It was one of those ones where had we come into it, having listened to more of that stuff recently, I think it would have felt like it made a bit more kind of sense. But that being said, there was still quite a lot to enjoy in, in the story. There was a lot of things that did work for me. Obviously the Charlie eight is just always delightful. I enjoyed Keras in a way that I had kind of forgotten I that I really liked Keras as a as a character. And I did enjoy, but like you say, I enjoyed the kind of tick follows talk, you know, the tick between the tick of the talk sort of thing. But I did feel it got a bit overused. It 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 was an interesting concept that they maybe just tried to push down down the throats a little bit and i did like the concept of the clockwork men and i liked the way that time ran differently in the the you know when time had stopped and and such like so the you know they they knew that things had already happened in that universe and then i liked the fact that they were in a different time period so that charlie and carers i think were ahead of the doctor who had a set amount of time to try and get what he had done in order that they then didn't get beheaded. So I thought there was there was a lot of good stuff in it, but I think it would have been better had I listened to some of the other stuff first that was around it. Anyone else's sort of final thoughts?
3: Well, I think I probably need to listen to it again, just when I'm you know doing gardening or whatever, when I can actually spend some time listening to it rather than listening to it, knowing that I've got to say something about it afterwards. But I've got an awful lot of other big finishes that I haven't paid for, so I may prioritise those. But.
0: I think that's it as well. I think sometimes doing it for the podcast, you're so, you're so much paying attention to what you can say about it that you're maybe not enjoying it in the way that you might enjoy another one.
3: Well, that's that's kind of why I try and listen to it once through. Just, and you, you kind of lose maybe the, if you jotted down what you were thinking about it at the time, the, you know, the initial euphoria, if it's a really good story. But, you know, I think it's it certainly for that, uh, the Annihilators, it, it it was just a great story, great rom. After the, you know, the first 10 minutes when I got used to the, the different actors playing the doctors and whatever and Brigadier, then it, it just gelled and it went on. And again, they were 25-ish minute episodes, so it, you didn't have really long episodes, like some of these have 35, 40 minute episodes, which is well i mean ultimately it's still the same length of story i guess uh, that they're going to make whether they split it into more episodes but you know the break of episodes does sometimes help make you think it's going faster
4: episode length is actually quite an interesting point things like brooklyn 99 and the good place they're they're like 22 episodes 22 minutes long or something like that and they really feel it snappy and they tend to tell a whole story in the episode they're very lean. All all the wasted stuff is cut out. Mm.
3: Yeah, I think that that probably helped as well. I think, you know, to me, there was an awful lot of stuff that maybe I could have done without. But I I don't know. I I need to listen to it properly when I've got a better, a more calm period of time in my life to to enjoy it a bit more.
1: Yeah, I think I might have, a a wee bit of a run up, I think for me, if I'd listened to some of the previous stories, I think that might have helped me a little bit on that one. But yeah, otherwise... You know, it's got a horn blur, what more can I ask for? It's your turn to choose, isn't it, Stuart?
0: It is my turn to choose, and I am going to make Doug really happy with my choice because I am going for The Harvest, which is a seventh doctor and ace. And Doug was just telling us before how much he loves ace and how much he is looking forward To hearing ace in this this is a is one of a series of cybermen stories that they did in in kind of the first i'm gonna say first 50 but i don't think it is i think it's maybe a little later than that i think it's the 60s or 70s and is the introduction of a new companion called hex which is a bit of a spoiler if you've not heard it but it's the hex ace and seventh doctor sort of run is one of my absolute favorites The big finish did and I, yeah it's one of my favorite ones so i'm really looking forward to to listening to that again i think i have listened to that one a bit more recently than some of the others because it's got hex in it and i love that whole sort of time period
2: doctor
4: who the harvest
2: doctor who Executive Security Officer Garnier regarded me strangely, as if he was afraid of me, as if the sight of me horrified him. Oh, no, 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 not at all, just healthy respect. Am I grotesque? (laughs) There's a certain degree of tissue swelling and suturing, but that's diminishing daily. It would be curious if he was afraid of me. That thing that came into this room beside him is far. Far more terrifying. System recognises staff Nurse Schofield. Good morning. It is 08.29am, October 12, 2021. You are logged in to begin morning shift. Thank you, sis. Do you know a Dorothy McShane works in human resources? No. She seems to have an employment record that doesn't quite check out. And as far as I can tell, she's showing an unhealthy interest in sea programs. We're investigating St. Garth's Hospital, Mr. Hanks, your place of employment. Because we have reason to believe someone there is conducting potentially dangerous experiments with xenotech. Which is? Technology of non-terrestrial origin. I have never seen London like this. Well, it'll become a familiar sight. Embankment there, Big Ben and the Museum of Parliament. You mistake me, Doctor. I mean, I have never seen anything like this. I have never seen in this way before. Shape, color, perspective and dimension. The resolution so bright, unfiltered, unenhanced. I'm glad you're pleased, seeing the world through new eyes. You you are pleased, aren't you? Yes, Doctor. I think that is how I feel.
0: be back soon and thank you to paul for joining us you're very welcome thank
4: you for having me on board
0: and we will definitely get you back we even know the one we're going to do so if you've enjoyed this please hit that subscribe button and we will be back soon to talk about harvest so thank you very much
1: bye-bye
3: thanks to paul and goodbye